our brains are more likely to absorb a teachable moment, swallow a bitter pill, like if there is a story attached to it. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Before we jump into the podcast, here's a message I want you to hear. If you're a virtual marketing assistant, it's not just enough to understand the technology. It's not enough to be in the minutia of your client's business. The expectation now is that you can write supporting copy for your client's thought leadership. Every business right now is marketing around ideas, concept, and dreams, and you have to be able to help your clients articulate this in order to make any kind of money and deliver value as a marketing assistant. You have to understand basic copywriting to be successful. Do you need to learn how to write a novel? No. Do you need to set your services up as a copywriter? No. Do you need to be able to write a complete long-form sales page? No. But you need to know how to sell yourself as a writing assistant, be able to write blog posts, show notes, social media captions, client emails, pull quotes, email sequences, you need to be somebody who can support a business owner's dream with skilled copy. And that's why I convinced my friend, copywriter Michelle Hunter, to reopen her virtual writer course. There's only 20 spots. If you want in, join the waitlist at emilyreaganpr.com slash virtual writer. That link is in the show notes. Now let's move on to our episode. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. I hope you hit subscribe and you tune in because we are starting a whole copywriting series here on the podcast. As a digital marketing assistant, you will differentiate yourself from all of the other VAs when you know copy. You start to get involved in strategy and consulting, and you start being that right-hand person who can help activate dreams and achieve dreams instead of just taking orders. Copy is the difference maker. Even OBMs, even launch managers, they need to know when copy is spot on, when it needs to be sent back to the writer's room. There's a lot of copywriters out there who only write the way they write, and they're not necessarily good at bringing out their client's voice. They're slightly tone deaf. They have this like snazzy way of writing and that's it. That's their style and you don't hear your client's voice. Our job is to be a brand chameleon and be able to pull this out of our clients and sound like them and move into this position. Now, not all of us are going to be copywriters, but this episode today is going to help you level up. Marisa Corcoran is in the house. She is ridiculously amazing. I might have fallen in love with her between our love of Rolling Stone t-shirts and pumpkin patches, but today she brings her story of how she started freelancing, and she has a tactical method for pulling stories out of your clients and out of yourself that you can use for your own business to write emails. In this episode, she's going to pull a story from me and help me infuse it into my own copy. And beware, that email is coming. The goal, you can use this in social as well. You can use this inside Facebook groups. You can use this with emails. And you can also use it speaking when you're talking on TikTok, when you're doing those reels. This tactic will get you more engagement. So I also want you to listen to Marisa sharing her motifs in her business, and I think it's always fascinating to hear how people kind of divide up their social media content, and Marisa's so on point, and if you follow her on social, she's she's executing it every day, every week. You hear her cycling through the same messages. She's very consistent. Okay, Marisa Corcoran is a copywriter who helps coaches, creatives craft their uncopyable message inside her signature program, The Copy Confidence Society. When not click-clacking on her laptop in the Atlanta sun, you can find this Harvard grad analyzing a Real Housewives episode like it's a government policy and consuming inappropriate amounts of Almond Joy candy bars. She is a pop culture aholic. She sprinkles this into her copy, and I enjoy that. I like pop culture, okay? All right, let's jump in to the episode with Marisa. 
Hey, Marisa, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here to help us get better with copywriting. Tell everyone hello, a little bit about you and where you're from. Yeah. Hi, Emily. I know we've already like bonded before we started over like t-shirts and pumpkins and the Rolling Stones and and great t-shirts at Target. So I feel like we've already like, this is, this is so fun. So thank you for, for having me. I think there's like two important things to know about me. Number one is that my name is Marisa and not Marissa, which you nailed. And I always say that because yes, my mom cares more than anybody, but I always try to be like, it's Marisa, it's Italian, Marisa and not Marissa. And I am a copy and business mentor who helps people create their uncopyable message and the copy that supports it. And then using that uncopyable message in the copy to then become an intentional icon in your niche. And what does it mean to be an intentional icon? And we always talk about in our community that an intentional icon, you're not like born being just like an intentional icon. You're not, it's not even self-made, it's community made. And so how do you then take your message in the copy and build a business that's rooted in relationships and rooted in creating that kind of sustainable business as what we call an intentional icon. Oh, I love that so much. And and so, you know, my audience is a digital marketing assistants and freelancers, and we kind of step into this role of like strategist and we're helping with messaging. And sometimes we just need, we need frameworks, we need help, we need to like get our clients back on target. And so I love that you do this. And today you're going to be teaching the story strip down, which will really help us get better with our emails and social posts. But let's take it back to the beginning of where you started, because I love origin stories. I love pivot stories. I love to hear how you started your online business. Everybody comes from such fascinating backgrounds. I might know a tad about yours and where I'm leading you to, but yeah, tell everyone that so they can uh, feel inspired and just see possibilities for themselves. Yeah. You know, I always joke and I say that Winnie the Pooh broke me. Like Winnie the Pooh was my, my breaking point. So (laughs) I was uh, an actor and I come from the actor world. I got my undergrad in acting. I went to the American Repertory Theater at Harvard and got my MFA in acting there. And so when I came out of school, you know, I had an agent and a manager and I was auditioning and there was this audition for at this, and I loved theater. I've always loved, I always wanted to do theater. And I had gotten some really great commercial spots and things that had, you know, I was very fortunate in like paying the bills and was able to join the Screen Actors Guild and all that cool stuff. But theater was like my first love. And there was this opportunity at a, at a theater that I really wanted to work at. And I had been told by people, hey, if you get into like a children's show of theirs, it's the gateway for like more opportunities. So I got this audition for Rabbit in Winnie the Pooh. And I was so excited. I had all these ideas for who Rabbit was. I was going to make him like a cross between like Marissa, which is really Marisa Tomei, by the way. But <laughs> I know it's Marisa Tomei. And if she's listening, I know it. And I know she got like told to, that it was going to be Marissa. But it was like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny and Rabbit was going to be like super sassy. I had these overalls on. It felt like very like what Rabbit would wear. And then the morning of the audition, I got a call that said that there had been, you know, a mix up with my equity status, whatever, whatever. And they just, they didn't need me to come in for the audition. And I will like, just never forget. I was just standing in our kitchen and I just started taking off my overalls one by one to my husband. And I was just like standing naked in my kitchen and something just went off. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I felt like my fate was constantly in the hands of someone else. And I wasn't really getting to do a lot of creative stuff. And I understand that that's the world of an actor. Yeah. A, A solid six years later, I understand that. But at that time it was like, I was I was done. And I was lucky that I was writing for clients on the side. I had started to kind of slowly build a little bit of a copywriting business so that I didn't have to wait tables or nanny other people's kids and stuff like that. So I was able to kind of just go back to, or, you know, go do some writing and pay the bills a little bit. But I remember like I woke up a couple of weeks later and I was like, okay, so what do I, do I do now? I, I still wanted to like be in the spotlight in a way. I still wanted to create something that was mine. And that's when I got the idea of like, well, what if I could take everything? And I was already supporting my clients with their writing, giving them an actor's guide to copy because it's very similar. Everything that makes you a star on stage is the same thing that makes you a star in your business. So I applied those same principles and I thought, well, maybe I could take that to a bigger audience and take all the things I learned as an actor, take this concept. And that's when I created my signature summit, the copy chat. And that's when everything changed. That's when everything changed for the business. That's when we started creating the community. That's when revenue changed. My whole life changed by creating the copy chat that the first season premiered in February of 2019. And we've done six seasons since then. And oh my God. we're seventh this summer. 
Oh my gosh. What a perfect story. First of all, and you know, I love it because I teach being a unicorn and I teach my, my students to combine something from their past, their work experience, their, their hobbies, their passion, combine it with marketing and like mix it up. And you get this like special service that only you can do. And I know you're big on that, but like that, that was just amazing that you did that with your business, as far as launching into storytelling and like using that like theatrical background, like my mind is blown. I think that's so cool. And it's just so evident to anyone listening that you can find that special niche for yourself. You don't have to copy anyone else. Like there is something very unique about each person listening. So, oh my gosh, what a cool story. Yeah, for for sure. And I think you're so right, Emily, that often we think that what we've done in our like former lives or whatever that it you know doesn't how does it fit in in the, there's so many qualities that likely fit in directly or in indirectly yes. you know and explaining to people hey everything that makes you a star on stage is the same thing that makes you a star in your business and so let me in a lot of what i teach inside of the copy confidence society which is our signature program is taken from the actor world is how you know when you're writing an email, like, how do you want the person who's experiencing it to feel that's taken right from when you're on stage in a scene? How do you want your scene partner to feel? What are you trying to get from that person? And so the the teachings are quite the same. And essentially what we're teaching is the basics of of marketing and branding and all those things. It's just wrapped in this, like you're saying, very unicorn package. So it's really fun for people. They haven't heard it in that way before, even though I'm saying something that isn't like brand new. But it's almost like a different, almost like a visual experience when you can do that, when you can put yourself in that position, because it becomes less about what are the words that I'm cranking out and what's like my CTA. And like, you can really, I don't know, maybe that like launches us into a better storytelling process, but I never had heard it. I never heard that analogy before. And it's freaking brilliant. Yeah. And I think we all have likely something that we can make that connection if we give ourselves the space to to do that and to think about it. And that's what I really did between that time. Yeah. And that was like spring. That was like March of 2018. And then I started putting the copy chat together in the fall of 2018. So I really kind of took that time to be like, okay, what is the kind of mark that I want to make? How do I want to bring this together? And really just giving ourselves that space to just figure out what we want that, like you're saying, that unicorn kind of factor to be. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into storytelling, I want to go back just for a minute to talk about those first copywriting freelance clients, because that's where a lot of my, you know, marketing assistants are. They're like, I think I'm good at writing like me. I come from a journalism background. Like I know I'm good at writing, but how do I like make it fit in this online space? So I'm fascinated about your first clients, how you had the, like, who needs to do this, you know, where you learn copywriting, because it is, I see that it's a sister to like theater, but what, what's your story on that? Yeah. So I think this also has something to do with, so I think actors are really great at saying like, it's like improv it's yes. And like, yes, we'll take opportunities and we'll figure it out. Like when you're an actor, you're scrappy, you're likely have done summer stock theater and you're getting, like I lived (laughs) my first job out of college was at the summer stock in New Hampshire, where I was living in an old farmhouse that we couldn't shower there. We had to go shower at a nearby school and we lived all together and I was getting paid like $150 a week. And I was oh <laughs> living, I had the best time of my life. Met one of my best friends there, Hillary. Like it was a I got to play a need on West Side Story. But so actors are used to kind of making it work and scrappy and looking at anything as this opportunity. So when I came out of grad school, I had a really, really good friend of mine, Diana, who was a in the parenting space, was kind of was a leading parenting coach in New York City. So this is 2013. So it was a little bit like the Wild West online. But she was like in these groups with people and like health coaches and finance and people who were really starting to get into the world. And she was like, Marisa, they need help writing for their business. And I had a little bit of a writing background from undergrad. Okay. But I really just was like, okay, yeah, because I didn't have to take another nannying job or wait tables. So I remember the very first client I had, they asked me to write a JV packet for them. And I said, sure. Would you mind showing me an example? of something that you really like that you've seen. I didn't know what it was. I now know I was writing a joint venture packet. I was writing an affiliate packet, but I didn't know. She sent me a sample and that's how I learn. I learn by seeing great examples and making them my own. Like that's my learning style. It's like, just show me what's good and I can figure out how to get there, which is not everyone's learning style. So in the Copy Confidence Society, 
we always make sure that there's different learning styles, like the videos, the audio, the step-by-step, the swipe copy, because not everybody is, is that. I'm somebody who's like, let me just go straight to the to the sample. And that's how I learned. That was my very first client. And she kept hiring me, hired me for a launch, hired me for a website. And then I just kept getting clients from there. And some I hit out of the park, some I failed royally at, like I certainly failed forward, yeah. you know, but I was still acting. So I wasn't fully invested in some of my clients were very generous to like pay for me to take a couple of classes and learn things that maybe, you know, they liked, I, I think I was really great. Like my humor and the way I could write and tell kind of stories naturally. So to just connect that to all the conversion stuff, my clients were very generous to be like, Hey, this is somebody who teaches this, go take this class. So it was a little bit like what actors do is like you, you learn by doing and you supplement with like the classes and stuff that are going to help you be even better. And then from there, two of those clients became my retainer clients and were my clients until my gosh, 2019, until the copy chat like really took off and the copy confidence society took off and I couldn't keep private clients anymore. My big thing was I had like a few retainer clients and those are my people. And I wrote like everything for their business. Oh my gosh. I don't think you do this. I have a very similar story. So my background was journalism and PR. And I said yes to making a media kit and I had done press kits. Like I've been in this world a while, but like the online space is changing. So I did the same thing. I said, yeah, I'll do it. And I just like Googled it, figured it out. I had to hire a designer. We didn't have Canva back then. And just from there, it was like the same repeating client. Well, if you, if you're willing to step up and learn this, like what else can we do? And I had clients sending me through courses too, because there just wasn't enough good help. And I mean, business owners, they see talent and they want to develop it. So like, that's so fun. We have sister stories there. Yeah, totally. And it's not like now, like I see all these great, you know, copywriters now, you know, if they want to be a really, really great copywriter, there's places that I can say, oh my gosh, go learn. Like the copywriter club is such an incredible place. Or, you know, I've heard such great things about copy posse with Alex Cotone, like all these great things. And I'm like, I didn't have that. It was like, I was trying to figure, figure it out. And and there were like these little classes we were putting together. And so I think it's, there's so many resources now, but I, but I think that there's nothing that can replace, even though it's scary of doing it and being okay with being new at it, being okay that you're learning the process and being okay with kind of failing forward. I think there's nothing that can replace that. But now there's so many incredible people who support copywriters specifically to be really, really fantastic. You know, we have a lot of copywriters that come to the society in our program to really work on their own copy, because then what starts to happen is now you're doing stuff for other people. And like, what about your own stuff? Yes. So we do have copywriters who come in that are like, okay, I need to take a couple months and work on my own stuff. Oh my gosh. I, well, I know for me, like coming from a journalism background, I've always been a strong writer, but I always struggled to call myself that. Like, at what point can I call myself a copywriter? At what point do I go all in? And did that ever hold you back? Or did you just jump in and start just calling yourself that? I mean, yeah, I think I'm somebody, I think that's my personality. Like, I think I'm, I jump in and I figure it out. Yeah. You know, I don't know if at the time I was calling myself like a copy expert, you know what I mean? But I was a, right. I was a copywriter and I was really, really great at finding the like little nuggets and stories that made the copy like something that you would want to read and really making it more like casual and making really great connections from like pop culture or things that the clients liked to make. And that's what we saw from our clients when they would get a lot more click-throughs to the sales page. They were getting a lot more engagement responses because I think I was really great at pulling out those like personal stories for people and infusing them into what the copy we were, we were working on. Yeah. Oh, because I mean, sometimes in my own business, it's like cranking out another email to students. And even with my team, I have to go back and like, all right, now let's go back and infuse that and like make it a little bit less dry. So that's why I'm excited about the conversation we're having today, because I mean, you've nailed it. You know, I follow you on social too, but like your personality is your unique selling, you know, positioning there. And it's, you've got to stand out in a noisy, noisy market. It's very saturated right now. Like virtual assistants are a dime a dozen. And so what you're going to teach us today can help us A, with our clients, but like help us stand out too. And our emails and our social posts. And that is just really important because that's so attractive. So do you have any, do you have any stats or any kind of like explanation about why storytelling? Like, I know you saw, you witnessed the conversions, but clearly it works. Yeah. Yeah. So I think two things that, that matter here is 
we have to remember that people make purchasing decisions based on two things. One is what you're selling, something that I want. That's why your message, that what I do statement has to be so clear. Like, how are you that specialist? Like you're saying VA is a a dime a dozen. So how do you stand out? What is there something that you specifically specialize in or a group or, or an industry or a niche that you specialize in? Like, how do we position you as that specialist in a sea of generalists? That's like the first thing that we want to look at. And then the second thing is, okay, if people are making that purchasing decision on one is what you're selling something that I want, that's your message. Number two, are you the person that I want to do it with? And that's why your personality matters so much. But when people hear personality, they feel like, you know, I have to have this big bombastic personality, or I have to like reveal all like the Kardashians or something. And if you want to reveal all, I'm cool too. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I do keep up. I don't keep, keep up, but I do keep up with the Kardashians a little bit. Right. But I think people find it hard to find where they fit in. And I think stories are such a great way to start to begin to share bits of our personality or behind the scenes or things. And storytelling works. It's our oldest form of communication. It dates back to the Shobay caves like 30,000 years ago. And the best leaders in the world, if we look back, I always use this as a great example. I'm not like a practicing like Christian or somebody like a faith, but I'm telling you the greatest storyteller in the world was Jesus. And Jesus used stories to make his point. So instead of saying like, you know, you should forgive people, he tells the parable of the prodigal son. Yeah. Instead of saying like, work hard and things will, you know, he tells about the mustard seed. Like he tells these stories because it's like proven that our brains are more likely to absorb a teachable moment, swallow a bitter pill, like if there is a story attached to it, as opposed to just be like, do this, be this, you know, we just hop on our soapbox. Yeah. It really is how we remember and recall and then talk about each other. Even like in conversations, you're like, oh, you know, Emily, she's that military spouse who is now a unicorn, you know, like, I mean, that's how people wrap us up too. And it, it, it sticks. It's sticky. Right. And they, they remember you. And now if I'm somebody who's looking to work with somebody to start my VA business, I go, okay, wow. Well, Emily is so clear in what she does. So check that first point. Okay. Wow. Maybe I have a a background or I've have family in the military or I'm a military spouse, or like we start to align with like values or, you know, your Rolling Stones t-shirt. Like these are all things that help people make purchasing decisions. Yeah. You know, like people, this is kind of a funny one, but I was just on a podcast last week where my, my friend Allison Hardy was telling me that somebody joined the Copy Confidence Society because on the third, we teach them all the classes for people to join live. They're all live with me. And on the Thursday night one, I always drink a glass of red wine because I'm just like, it's a Thursday night. We're here. It's eight o'clock at night. Like, oh my gosh, y'all showed up. Like, cheers. Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> somebody was like, I joined because like, I love the program. I knew I needed it. But like when Marisa like had a little glass of red wine next to her, I was like, this is somebody I want to work with. So we forget like all these yeah. little things that we think like they don't have to be these big, like we always think we have to have like this giant origin story, this big thing that's happened to us. It's very often like what you learn from in the actor world, we call them slice of life moments that are really what tie people in the things that we think are kind of boring or uninteresting. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. I know for my sales sequence, I actually worked with Brenda McGowan for my pre-launch strategy. Yes. She was amazing. I had never worked with a copywriter before. I'd always like DIY'd it. And it was just so nice to have someone else's brain on my business, but she was masterful at pulling out little things about me, like how I like, I relax to murder mystery and how I do puzzles. Like, cause I can't shut my brain off and all of that. We were able to like craft it in these sales emails that showed how I was different and it kind of exposed how my brain works and why you should trust me and like fellow like nerd alert, you know, like it was amazing. And it, sometimes it's just so hard to shine that light on ourselves too, which is why 100%. we're going to talk about the story strip down today yes. with you and really help everyone. Again, I can't stress this enough. Do it for your own business as well. And yeah, like sh- help shine the light on your clients too, because they need that. So let's get into this and, and how you want to do it. Okay. So we're talking about, okay, tell more stories, right? And everybody tells yeah. you, I'm sure people have been listening right now and they're like, oh yeah, another person telling me I have to tell more stories. So very often you might have like a list of, you know, I'm somebody that I'm thinking my whole life is, this could be a story. This could be a slice of life moment. So like my husband knows, my friends know we could be in the middle of a conversation and I'm like, hold. And on my phone, I have like the little note app and I just will write down, you know, Emily's Rolling Stones t-shirt. I don't exactly know 
how I'll use it, you know, if I, if I'll use it as a story later, but I, I try to remind myself of moments that could be a story, but very often we're like sitting in front of the Google doc and we're like, okay, but how do I tell this story? How do I connect it back to my audience? How do I connect it back to the teachable moment? And then we just don't do it. And then the emails are super dry or the caption is super dry. So something that we created inside of the Copy Confidence Society is called the story strip down, which is how to reverse engineer your storytelling. So I'm going to give you the steps and then I'll give you an example of it. And then if you want, Emily, we can do one with you. Hey, I'm interrupting this awesome interview with an invite. I'm hosting my first ever open to the public marketing roundtable. Usually this is only for my digital marketing work group members, but you can come join us. We are having a two-hour live panel discussion about all things launching. Remember that podcast series I just did? Yes, that registration page is finally ready. So go to emilyreaganpr.com slash a roundtable and you can save your seat. You're going to learn from other freelancers who are doing the work behind the launches. They're going to share what's worked, what they wish they would have done, and help set you up for success to get involved in client launches. Go sign up and I'll see you on March 14th at 12 p.m. Eastern. All right, back to the show. The first thing you want to think about is asking yourself, okay, what is the the takeaway of this email of this caption? Like, what is the teachable moment? What's the takeaway? What is something you know you want them to get from this? And then you ask yourself the second part, which is to go, okay, what's stopping them from just doing it? Like, what's getting in the way from them to just take the teachable moment and listen to you and go do it? Like, what's the underlying feeling there? And then third part is. When has there ever been a time in your life that you have felt that emotion? And likely, it's likely to be outside of your of your business. It might be, but it's likely to be outside of your business in another area, or it could have something to do with somebody else. So this is the third step where we have to take off our marketing hat and we got to put on our creative hat. So we got to like really allow ourselves to think through that. And then we pull out that story and connect it back. So let me give you an example of it. So I was going to be on a podcast where I was going to be premiering a new uh, lead magnet, new free gift that I had been working on called the 50 plus scroll stopping subject lines. You know how to take your emails from maybe read later to must read now in seconds. And I worked really, there was, we we attach it to full length email so people can see it. We give three different subject line formulas that we make it super simple because we have very high open rates in the company. So I was like, okay, well, and I was going to premiere it on this podcast. So like, yeah, I could just write an email that's like, yeah, I'm going to be on this podcast and you'll get my subject lines. And I was like, "Mm, I really want people to understand the power of this. So the power of understanding that like you can have a great email, but if you or a great caption social post, but if you don't have a great hook or a great like subject line, it's not going to get open or read or looked at. So that's the teachable moment. That's the takeaway. Okay. So what stops people from just listening to me and going to do it? And what I was thinking about was what I've heard from people is there's like that kind of fear of the overwhelm of choice. Like, how do I know which subject line to choose? Yeah. How do I know which one to do? Like, what are the rules? Like, how do I know if it's too long or too short or, you know, and so then you don't do it and then you don't put the focus there because you're just like, you put all that focus into the email and you're just like, there's too much, I'm too overwhelmed. There's too much choice. So then I was like, okay, when have I ever felt that in my life? And this is where I had to think about it. And then I remembered a conversation that I had had with my mother-in-law at this time, not long before that. So while everybody else is like downsizing and like moving to Florida when they retired, my in-laws built like their dream home. Like this thing is like Joanna Gaines, like Magnolia Network. Like my mother-in-law is not messing around. And their kitchen is the kitchen of dreams. Like the kitchen this huge island that like, Emily, we could both like lay on this island and like we could have a conference on this island. We could have like a small group program on this kitchen island and it's just beautiful. And it's like the distressed flooring and the cabinets. And I remember walking in there and I was like, Rachel, how that's my mother-in-law. I was like, how did you put this together? And she said, oh, it was overwhelming. But when we did it, the designer, you know, the person gave us me kind of three different layouts for what this kitchen could look like. And then I chose, and then we customized it from there. And so I remembered back to that story and I'm like, that's the story. So the email starts off with like, you know, there I was in my mother-in-law's kitchen island, you know, as big as a, as an upstate New York County, 
you know, I could bathe in the sink and I, and I, you know, stood there with my Earl Grey tea and looked at my mother-in-law, like, how did you do this? And she was like, well, it was overwhelming at first, but they gave me choices. And then we were able to customize having, you know, support and choices really helps on your way to creating something that works for you. The same for your emails, especially when it comes to your subject lines. So this is why I'm so excited to welcome you to, you know, join me on this podcast with my friend Rachel, where we're going to break down three subject line formulas to help you get your emails open and read. So that was kind of the the story stripped down is like what I always walk when I use this all the time and yeah. our people in the society use it all the time to walk through instead of just feeling like they have to come up with a story on the spot. They like reverse engineer to come up with the story that they'll tell. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Did you relate that email at all to the person's like email woes like in there? Yeah. So that's what I was saying. It was like, yeah. let me get the email for you so you can see. Okay. I mean, I know you did them. Like how much of that like explanation did you have to go into? Okay. Now I'm like di- dissecting it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, let's, I, I let's, get the segue. Uh, here we go. I'll read it to you. Okay. So it says it's official. My in-laws have a goat kitchen. Greatest of all time. Light cabinets, equal parts, brand new slash I've lived here for a hundred years. A deep farmhouse sink so big I could bathe in it and an island the size of a small Southern County. Every time I pour my Califia creamer into my Earl Grey tea in that paradise, I think, damn, my in-laws are ballers. I'm convinced that any moment Jojo and Chip are going to pop out of the pantry to tell me how right side up this investment was for them. I remember asking my mother-in-law, Rachel, how did you even begin to design this kitchen? It was overwhelming at first, she said, but they presented me with a few layouts. And once I picked one, I could customize. Hmm. Sometimes a nice formula works well on your way to the greatest of all time, you know? The same for your copy, especially for subject lines. Nothing worse than writing a great email and then getting stuck on the subject line. Am I right? That's why I break down three formulas for scroll-stopping subject lines during my latest podcast interview, because you're one step closer to people buying from you if they open your email. So that was essentially the story like tied into the, the interview. Oh my gosh. Brilliant. I see it. Yeah. And then that was pushing toward a podcast, which is kind of cool. You did that like as a guest. Yes. And that's when I was premiering for the first time, this, the, the subject lines that I had put together. I use this all the time. And what a brilliant way to showcase choice. I mean, I can think of my daughter, like you take her to a restaurant, you give her a menu. She's so overwhelmed, but I liked that. I kind of like that non-businessy angle, you know? Like yeah, that, we want to try to make it a non-businessy angle. As much as we yeah. can, you want to try and make it a non-businessy angle because people are right. expecting you to come in with the business angle. And sometimes it works. Sometimes yeah. it, you know, it definitely works. I've had times where I told a story once about going to this photo shoot where we left and my husband was like, well, I knew from the beginning that was going to be a shit show. And I was like, why? And he was like, because, you know, here you are like a Harvard acting grad and you were standing there like Pinocchio, like someone had to move you around. He was like, what was up with that? And I was like, yeah, I was like really nervous. And the photographer and I didn't really like mesh. It was like, oh, and I didn't really get the pictures that I wanted. And, you know, I connected that back to when you're like looking to be part of, you know, a program or an experience that you want to join, like making sure that like you have that connection with that person. And I use that to talk about the ways that we try to establish connection before we just drop you into like the program inside of the society, like the ways that we develop that connection. So you feel like you can make it your own. You can show up and shine. You can, you know, you don't have to stand there like Pinocchio waiting for somebody to like move you and tell you what to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's from my personal, but it's still kind of businessy because it was a business photo shoot. You know what I mean? And relatable to anyone who's ever been in any kind of photo shoot. Yeah, that photographer can make or break you. They can make you feel real uncomfortable or not. Totally. Wow. This is so like, this is such a good framework. So what's your advice for someone who's trying to figure out like the takeaway? Because, you know, we're supposed to send out an email every week. And how do we like go one step backward with that? Your first step. Yeah. So your first step is something that we talk about is like, for me, there are four points that I go back to four kind of, we call them in the society, your motifs, like your themes or your motifs that you go back to. So I really think about, okay, if someone is going to be part of the copy confidence society, what do they need to understand to be a really great candidate to be in the program? So understanding that I always talk about, you know, people are making purchasing decisions based on two things. So 
One is what you're selling something that I want. So that's where the messaging piece is so key. So I go back to this thing of saying all the time, I say over and over again, the best copy cannot fix a muddied message. So that's one of my motifs. My other motif is that second way people are making purchasing decisions, which is your personality and why personality matters in your copy. That's my second motif. And then my third that I talk a lot about is kind of like the myth of consistency. Well, well, I posted today or well, I sent the email today and nothing's happening. And like, that's something we go back to again and again and talk about, about are you actually adding in these things? This is where I can talk about the story stripped down and these other things. So that's like an example of like three of my motifs. Yeah. And so in a given month, I will spend like a week on one motif, go to the next one, go to the next one, the next one. And then I just repeat because people have to hear you say the same things over and over again. People have to hear things seven, 12 times before they, they get it. And so I don't want to muddy the waters of what we can help people do. So I have my motifs and I go back to those again and again. And I see you do it on social uh, very well in in different personal angles and stories. So Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so helpful. So, okay. Before we go any further, tell us where we can grab this 50 scroll stopping headlines, because that sounds like it's going to change everybody's life. Yeah. So we, yeah, we've been talking about, so the 50 plus scroll stopping subject lines in there, there are three different subject line formulas. There's the Cosmo concept that seems to be like a real fan favorite. And then the Darlene and Clark method, and then the international man of mystery. So there's three formulas in there and there's over 50 subject lines that I show you exactly how to like swipe and turn them into something for your niche or your industry. And I pair some of them with full-length emails. So you can see like this whole process kind of in action. So you can grab that at marisacorcoran.com forward slash subject lines um, and start using it. And then please DM me on Instagram and let me know. I I recently just had somebody be like, I I use the Cosmo concept and my open rates like went up. This is so great. And now I can just keep going through these formulas. So use one and then let me know how how it turned out for you. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to report back to you too. I have downloaded this and I've let my teammate is helping me with a lot of my emails. I need to go back and have a little more control, but that's where she stops the subject line. So I usually have to go back in there and do it. Like she can get the gist of it and then I'll go back and add some personality, but the subject lines, some people are just really terrible at it and they need, they need this framework, especially our clients. Yeah. Cause sometimes people can get the story stripped down. They'll, they'll say, okay, this is my motif. I want, I want people to walk away with this teachable moment, or I want them to go to this and they can walk themselves through it. And then when they're there, they're like, I've really nailed this. So how do I make sure it gets read or gets opened or gets looked at? And that's where the subject lines, which can also, they can double as like an opening line for Instagram or for a social post too. They can double as like an opening hook hook, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than spending time like crafting the story. And I get in there and I actually do this one. I give my whole heart and then for like an email to fall flat. So I just cannot stress this enough. That subject line is like so critical because I know we're judging in an instant whether we're going to open this email or not. So everyone go grab this. We'll put the link in the show notes below. Yeah, great, great. So do you want to walk through the practice? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so if you think for yourself, Emily, is there, you know, as you think through your motifs, your themes, like, or recently you know, a, a, a teachable moment or like a myth that people are believing or something that you want people to understand, like in your world and your, your niche and for your people. Yeah. I feel like in my, my world, I'm very fast, quick start, like you very dominant. I just like get started and not worry about everything being all perfect. So I feel that being really something that holds people back, especially in the VA world, because it's easy to think, ah, I need a website. I need all this perfect social. I need the perfect portfolio and the perfect, you know, onboarding process when really it's just like getting started with that first client, right? Start doing the work, start proving the model, start building your confidence. And so it's kind of that, like letting go of needing all the assets, maybe like some perfectionism in there as well. And would you say like, that's what stops them? From just getting started, you know, that making that way towards their progress is that perfection, like what's underneath it all of why they don't just like get started or why they think they need all these assets or things to make the business work. Yeah. Why do they think they need it? It's probably a little bit, it's probably multiple things. Like some of it is the comparison, like you see other people with it. It's also like what you talked about with your mother-in-law, the overthinking. overthinking everything. It's people being uncomfortable talking about themselves. Like that's a very deep 
deep rooted thing, which is why your podcast episode today will help everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about like one of those that you could pull out, which one feels, and there's no wrong answer. We could go down the different roads, but you know, is there one of those feelings that you think is most kind of prominent? This is a really good question. Like putting me on the spot here. Um, I think it's like the, the tendency to be the introvert behind the scenes and not wanting limelight. Yeah. Not wanting limelight. So introvert behind the scenes, not wanting limelight. So can you ever think of a time for you or someone that you know, or something when you have felt like you didn't want the limelight, but you know, and, and maybe taking the step out of that comfort zone and like what happened for you or for yeah. this other person. Oh my God. I got the perfect story. And I was trying to oh, wait, non-businessy. Cause like in general, like this has been me, like I did journalism. I did broadcast journalism. I wanted to be behind the camera, like directing, being the news director, telling everyone what to do. I never wanted to be in front of the camera, but I had a moment, our first family cruise right before Christmas, right cool. on my birthday. And my 11 year old daughter really wanted to do karaoke. Now you might step up and do it just fine. Me? No, I have a three note range, very (laughs) alto. I can't sing, can't remember words. I have no karaoke song in the bag. And I see these people get on stage and they're like been practicing for years. So I was like mortified, but like my mother's love, it's like, I will do anything for this little girl. And I know her words do not fill a room because whenever she's talking, I'm like, what, 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 what? I can't hear you. So I did my very first karaoke. It was like mortifying, but I like, I rocked it. (laughs) Yeah. And so, oh my gosh, this is such a perfect story. You also did something that is what we talk about in the society is sometimes when people have the story, they're like, this could become like a Tolstoy novel. Like, how do I actually tell like a micro moment? We call them. And you did that so well. But one of the ways that we have a micro moment is it's exactly what you did. I think you did it naturally, but might not have known is remembering back like your senses. So this is taken straight from the actor world. Like Uta Hagen, this famous teacher used to teach what's called sense memory, which is like, if you want to recreate a moment on stage, it's remembering like, okay, what did I see? What did I hear? What did I smell? How did I feel? It's likely you won't hit all the senses in the story, but like you hit like three of them. I'm on this cruise. You know, how did I feel? I have a three note range, you know? (laughs) But like, you know, there I was with my daughter, like my love for my daughter. So like you invoke the senses so we can really like picture you there and like this small micro moment just by sharing like two of those senses drops us in the moment without feeling like it has to be this super long story. So you could tell that story and be like, yeah, it was mortifying, but I rocked it. And, you know, you might feel this way. Why am I telling you this? So sometimes we also think we have to have some super sexy transition. Yes, I am the queen. I will connect anything. And I do not care about the transition. I will literally tell you a story and I will go, why am I telling you this? So you could say, (laughs) why am I telling you about me on this karaoke with my kids? Because it's likely you might feel this way when it comes to your business. You know, you're that instrument stepping into the limelight, you know, and then that might be the next thing might be the call to action, which is to come to a class you're teaching about this or, you know, whatever that next call to action might be you know, or even going deeper and saying, you know, my motherly love. And it's like the same for you. Like, what are you doing this for? And letting that drive over the fear of blank. That's a really good point because our why is what keeps us. I mean, it all comes down to that. Yeah. So for my daughter, yeah, I'm going to get up there with my three note range and make this memory. And it's like, what are you willing, you know, to do to make that for your own family? And then you could even have a fun PS where it's like the song I sang was this, you know, hit reply and share your go-to karaoke song, which I would respond to and then tell you that my go-to karaoke song is, you know, I don't sing because I came from a friend of, I do sing, I'm a great singer. But when you come from the world I came from where people are like powerhouse, like winning Tony Awards singers, you're like, how am I going to stand out in this crowd? So I rap. So my go-to is always like, I always sing Will Smith's at my own wedding. I sing Will Smith's Men in Black. So that would make me respond back, maybe not even about the teachable moment, But about that, again, people make purchasing decisions based on two things. So about that personality factor, now we're in a conversation about karaoke. And the next time I'm looking to make a purchasing decision, I'm going to remember you, Emily. Or the next time I'm going to a collaboration or whatever I'm doing, I'm going to remember this conversation I have with Emily about karaoke. Oh my gosh, brilliant. I love the PS because it was Lady Gaga, Bad Romance. Oh, I would would respond. I love, I love, I live. (laughs) 
very alto-ish. I kind Love of it. baked the French. But what I what I also want to tell you, just like as friends here, is I saw another mom stand up on stage with her daughter. And I saw them do the like whisper, like, blah, 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 blah. and she's trying not to sing over her daughter. And I was like, oh my God, if I stand up, like I am belting this like bleep word here. I'm going to like belt it and I'm going to rock it. And I like refuse to be the person who's like the meek on stage. Like I am all in, I'm all committed to yeah. this like rah, rah, ro mama. Yeah. And that's and email. Yeah. So we could go to town on this. That could be your subject line. Like, and so if you're committed to the, you know, mama, ro mama of your business, this is what I can help you do. Even if it feels scary, even if it feels whatever, right. And we can connect it in like multiple ways. Yeah. You know? Back I think we it. just got our soundbite there. <laughs> Roma, <laughs> Roma. Oh my gosh. Exactly. And so that, you know, and now you have this, this is what we talk about when we talk about being uncopyable, when we talk about helping people absorb a teach a lesson that yeah. maybe they've heard before. We're not the first people to tell people, hey, you got to step out of your comfort zone a little bit if you want to make this happen. But yeah. now we've put Emily's unique spin on it in a way that they are not going to read or find or hear about anywhere else. Brilliant. And I love how we can take this framework and go back to our client and do exactly what she did with me and be like, well, what is the takeaway? When did you feel like this? And yeah, that's where I built it. it. I built it from my retainer clients because I was noticing like, you know, actors, all we, we love to talk. We, we love to tell you like what we're watching, what we're, and I'm someone naturally, like, I love to talk about you know what I'm watching on TV and what I'm reading. But I noticed that people weren't as like forthcoming. So that's where I kind of developed the story strip down was to start with the teachable moments and the themes for my clients. And that's how I started to pull out these little bits, these little slice of life moments about them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I never was so interested in the acting theater world. Yeah. <laughs> it's much deeper than I ever realized. It's I mean, deep. I just haven't gone down that rabbit hole it's yet. Deep. <laughs> Very deep. It's deep. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been such a pleasure. Tell everyone about how we can learn more about storytelling and copywriting with you. Yeah. So this is just like the perfect storm here. We've been talking all about this because right now we open the Copy Confidence Society twice a year and it is our signature program where we help you uncover what to say and how to say it so that you can create that uncopyable message and the copy that supports it. And we open the doors twice a year. So right now enrollment is open for the Copy Confidence Society. And if you want to learn more about the society and you know see if it's the right place for you, we teach this class twice a year called the Leave Them Wanting More Masterclass. It's live with me. It's not pre-recorded. I say it's like Broadway. Choose the day and time that you want to come to. And I think whether or not you choose to join the society, um, a lot of what we talked about here today, we touch on even more about that messaging piece. I'm going to really go into what we use inside of the Copy Confidence Society, which is called the Proton Pack Messaging Playbook, like how you create your clear, specific, and measurable what I do statement. And we do it with a little help from the Ghostbusters. So Ooh. that's why it's called the Proton Pack Messaging Play because that's what they yeah. wear on their backs. I should have um, asked. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> we'll also talk about how do you uncover what your personality is. I'll teach you what's called the copy stars. There's five to choose from. You can be a combo. You can be a triplet. This is also taken from the actor world. I will give you an opportunity to join the society, but whether or not you join the society, I think it's a great class to come to so that you can really start to hone in on these concepts for yourself and it's very interactive. Like it's, I can see you, you can see me, we can see each other. I stay on to ask questions. So if you want to join us for that, as we are literally in that time of the one of only two times a year that we do it, you can grab your spot there at marisacorcoran.com and that's forward slash masterclass. We'll put the links below in the show notes. And thank you for inviting us to that because I know so many of my people want to get better at copywriting. I'm listening to you. This is why I invited Marisa here on the show. You want to step into this role and this is really going to help you. So thank you. This has been such a pleasure. Do you have any parting words for anyone looking at developing this skill? No, I'm just saying, I hope you write this email and social post about the karaoke moment. I'm going to like look out for it because I think it's so, so good. No, I think remembering that I always say that your business has three basic needs. Like one, you have to sell in a way that feels good. Two, you have to call in the right people to sell to. And three, you have to know what to say to call in the right people to sell to. This is why copy is the most important skill you can have. People be like, oh, I'll worry about that later. That's icing on the cake. It's like, no, it is the cake. It's the butter. It's the gluten-free flour. If you're gluten-free like me, it's the egg. So this is such a great skill to hone in on that can add, if you are you know, a service provider or want to learn more about copy, can add 
such a beautiful like expansion to your business and it's never going out of style. You're always going to need to talk about what you do and how you do it with clarity. So it's perhaps the most important skill you can have as a business owner and something that is definitely worth your time to expand as a service provider or someone who might want to step into the world as a copywriter. Oh my gosh, you sold me. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks, Emily. Thanks. Okay, I have your homework assignment. First, walk through the story strip down process for you and your next social media post. Think about your takeaway, what you want your clients to know and understand about you and how you can help them and what's really stopping them about achieving this goal. What's stopping them? And I mean, with my digital marketing assistants, I would coach you, you know, clients are drowning in that never ending cycle of content and things they're supposed to be posting to the algorithm, trying to stay brand aware. When was the last time you felt like that? Tie it into a story and your services, just like Marisa teaches. Okay. Assignment number two, hop on her, leave them launching more masterclass. Go check it out. Like she said, you are going to learn a lot just by attending and then grab her 50-plus scroll-stopping subject lines and learn how to write the email subject lines that will actually get an open. She has three different methods in this freebie. These will help you take your emails from meh to must-read now. And your last assignment, please hit subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on our amazing copywriters we have scheduled in the next few weeks. I have some big, big names, but I'm not even going to plug them here. I'm going to leave you waiting and wanting more. Next week's going to be juicy. We're going to dive more into this copywriting world and help you up level with your messaging. And if you enjoyed this podcast, your last homework assignment, can you leave us a review, a rating? That would help me out so much. I would love to see your feedback. I would love some updated reviews from 2023. Let's be quite honest. Okay, and last thing I promise, if you are nerding out on marketing, if you are looking for clients, if you're looking for community and a network to up-level your service-providing business, if you're offering marketing services, I want you in the workgroup. Come apply for the Digital Marketing Workgroup. We'll be opening the enrollment again in March. We're accepting applications now, and we'll be letting you know if you're in later in March. So get your applications in. The link is below. Go to emilyreaganpr.com slash workgroup. We'd love to have you in our community. All right, I look forward to seeing you next week inside your little phone, inside your ear pods, and take care. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Convert their followers into leads. So thanks for coming. And I am just totally blowing this intro. Ah!